Ah, yes, it's that time again. Just when you think you have it all figured out, something comes along that makes you question everything. This is Unexplained Incorporated, and we are open for business. Again, time for your Friday night fright. This is Unexplained Incorporated, and the doors are now open. You know who I am. I am Phantom Phil. And another amazing episode of your Friday night fright. Coming up for you very shortly. Tonight I feature part two of my lengthy chat with Kevin Estrella from Pyramids on Mars, based out of Hamilton, Ontario, a quality musician and a quality human being as far as I'm concerned. This one, it's not quite as long as part one was. However, it goes deep, not only into Kevin's own experiences, because we ended off with the interview in part one on uh, certain tips to raise your consciousness and to have uh, an elevated experience at living life. Kevin goes further into that and he talks about the relationships he has with ETs, he knows some of them by name, and he talks about visitations he gets from them in a lucid dream state and while he is awake in what we know as the physical reality. And near the end of the interview, um, he goes on to talk about his thoughts on the state of the world we're in today and what he thinks is going to happen, and it is quite shocking and profound to say the least uh, what he has to say and what his intel from his extraterrestrial uh, visits have uh, shed the light on for him in terms of everything that is going on in our world and where it is headed Um, it is quite startling but it is worth the listen and I completely agree with what he says 100% right at the end of the interview. I don't want to give it away for you. I'll let you listen for yourself near the end. And yeah, there's nothing else I uh, 
I really need to say about this one. Oh, actually, one thing I want to put across before we get going is that later on in this interview, I share a personal experience that I had in uh, right around near the end of March. And I haven't told anybody this experience other than Kevin, but it was so appropriate for the interview. And uh, I'm quite amazed at what he has to say about it. And for those that know me well, they're going to be quite surprised to hear about it as well. But it totally fits with what we were talking about. And uh, it has me certainly questioning a lot of things right now. So without any further delay, um, all the other info I'll save for you after the interview of what's coming up and where to find me. But I want to get into this right away. This is the conclusion of my uh, two-part chat with Kevin Estrella from Pyramids on Mars, based out of Hamilton, Ontario. If you have not listened to part one yet, please go do that right now, as uh, both parts of this interview are quite a gem. And I'm also thinking, moving forward, I'm going to continue splitting up the long interviews into two different episodes, maybe three if it goes super long, as I've been getting great feedback so far on the length of these episodes and will continue to do so in the near future. But enough about me. Right now, we're going to go back to the conclusion of my chat with Kevin Estrella. Enjoy. Right. I don't doubt that uh, these capabilities we all have have been dulled on purpose. That's uh, something I've been on board with for quite some time. So you're at this new level of consciousness and you're having communication with ETs, especially through your music. And that totally makes sense to me because I think you can attract certain energies and certain vibrations through certain frequencies, tones, and sounds. Like you said, you switched the tone of your music uh, a few years back. So, um, what other uh, types of encounters have you had since those initial ones? And have they elevated your consciousness? Or is it more of the same type of thing? Like how um, how is it uh, matching up with what you feel your life purpose is? I've, uh, I've had multiple ET contacts um, in the physical form and also... Uh, a visitation in uh, in lucid dream states. Okay. And um, I've had at least five different star nations, like extraterrestrial beings, visit me in um, in a lucid dream state. And those are not those are not dreams. Those are actually it's, it's an altered state. Um, very very different than dreaming because you're you have first you have to wake up before you can fall back asleep to get into that into that lucid dream state so and that's i've been visited five times that way by by uh, by a couple different ets and i'll tell you some of those stories because they're gonna blow your mind sure if uh you're recovered from your break uh, go right ahead and the floor is yours sure okay yeah okay um yeah so um let's see here um with my visitations with uh, with the Ponte, I've had uh, a few physical vis- visitations by them where I've actually seen them and touched them. So the biggest one was uh, a few months. Trying to think, it was, it was a few months after the the cleaning, after they had cleaned my cleaned my head out, 
and I was asleep. I fell asleep on my couch, and I was awoken to the sound of two feet landing um, a few feet away from me. Like I just heard this like that, you know. I heard these two feet landing, and and I was awake, but my eyes were closed, and and I was a little bit groggy, and I was thinking, oh my god, they're actually allowing me to be awake while they're visiting. This is this is this is amazing, mm. and I didn't move. And um, I kept my eyes closed, um, but actually, little did I know that um, I, I I couldn't move if I wanted to because they had paralyzed me. <laughs> so, and so, and so, what happened then was um, um, uh, it was actually it was, uh, it was uh, he, he walked over to me, and then I feel this 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 arm um, go underneath my neck, and then and then the other arm kind of scoops me under my legs. And he just gently picks me up off the couch, and and he holds me in his arms. And um, at this point, I had actually already had a previous ET visit um, when I went to the Ozark UFO conference. And during that visitation, the, the Ponte who visited me there had actually embraced me with a uh, they call it a hug of light. And and what it was was you know when you when when I was with them. I was surrounded by this absolute beautiful um, emotion of uh, we were all sharing this emotion together of it was it was the only way to describe it was like extreme happiness joy togetherness oneness unconditional love all wrapped up into one incredible emotion and and I never felt anything so powerful in my entire life when I was with them I never wanted to leave they didn't want to leave their presence because it just felt so wonderful this telepathic um, emotion that we were all sharing together and so this hug of light um, I shared it with my ET visitor who was in my apartment and it's you know it was <laughs> the best way to describe it you know when you see the movie ET the extraterrestrial and his and his chest literally lights up like light mm-hmm. that's there's there's a lot to these movies folks that's a hug of light because that's exactly what it feels like. But physically, when you see that, that's what it feels like. And I gave that to him, and all I hear, I heard him moan. He just went, "Hmm." And then um, my left arm uh, became dislodged from where he was holding me, and my arm kind of fell. It just, you know, went limp, and it brushed against his against his arm, and I felt his arm, and um, he must have been wearing some kind of bodysuit. Because the, the texture felt like like um, like cool dolphin skin. That's what his uh, whatever he was wearing. That's what it felt like. So that was pretty cool. I remember that very vividly. That feeling of this, you know, his his skin uh, on his arm. Well, not his skin, but whatever body, whatever body mm-hmm. he was wearing. And then and then he puts me down, and I'm looking at him, and he's only about he was about the you know the height of my seven year old son, and and. Um, and he's a, he was a handsome little guy, and and uh, he had larger eyes, you know, and, and you know, and the, his head wasn't really that big. Um, and then I'm I'm so excited talking to him, talking to him, saying, "Are you radar? Are you radar?" And he whispered, he said, "No, it's Peta." Hmm. And then, and then Peta, I was introduced to a few months beforehand. He's one of the new guys, and so then he started to change his appearance. <laughs> they sometimes do this. To, uh, to make us, I guess, to make us more comfortable. I don't know why. But then he started to morph his entire appearance 
and he started to look like, um, I, I recognize it afterwards, it was actually a Star Wars Stormtrooper Halloween costume that my kid had, kids wore about three or four years prior oh, wow. to this, this meeting. Huh. He made his whole body look like a Stormtrooper. Uh, the costume, though, the actual costume, his, his face and his body, which I thought was like, really wild because it was like it was like a green screen it looked like him turning into a green screen his whole body is turning into a stormtrooper costume <laughs> and then the next thing i said look at him and he changed his face and he made his face uh, into um an old, old friend of mine from from university <laughs> oh wow but he he got one uh he got one character uh, or, or one trait wrong um, because he, he was he was bald all the way up to the top, and he had this like this strange looking mohawk, and I thought it was pretty funny looking because like I was thinking he almost got him, but but the hair is not quite right. <laughs> and then and then I was I was I was just about to say something to him, and I said I said, "Geez, you look just like." And the next thing I know, I'm I'm opening my eyes back up and I'm back on my couch. It was like missing time. And and he was gone, and he was he wasn't there, and here I am back lying on, on on the couch. But I know that it was not a dream because I went from waking state to waking state. Right. It was crazy. It was like this missing time that all of a sudden took place. So that was my first visitation from from Peta, hmm. and that was that was pretty darn wild. I mean, their ability to uh, you know to, to change their appearance like that. Yeah, you know, it was like magic. It really was like magic how they were able to do that. Um, it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah. That's... So um, that was my first uh, physical meeting with, uh, or my physical one to one that I remembered. But the the really really cool one, really cool meeting that took place was uh, the Ozark UFO conference in uh, I think it was 2018, mm -hmm. or yeah, I think it was 2018. And what happened there, um, I already knew that the Ponte were wandering around at that UFO conference because I was getting confirmation on Twitter through, uh, through Sue and through Ray Radar and stuff like that. So I knew that they were, they were already there where they were, you know, hidden away and couldn't see them. And I was really hoping that I'd be able to, to see them and meet them at the UFO conference. But, you know, the whole conference went on and I never, nothing happened. I never got, to, I never saw them or, so I remembered at that point. It would be about a week and a half later, after the UFO conference, when uh, I, all of a sudden I got this this memory flash of uh, see I, I stayed with a friend and and we uh, we we rented out this uh, this uh, um, kind of like a motel unit that had two rooms. It had a it had a bedroom and then it had a separate room which was like a party room. So it had like a, a big couch and a, and a and a, a love seat and a, and, a, and a sofa and stuff like that. And I, I slept on the couch. And I had this memory of of radar jumping up and down at the end of the couch, bouncing up and down, saying, wake up, wake up, party time, party time. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why am I having this memory? And then I... Um, <laughs> I private messaged to, to, to Sue, and I said, I'm having this memory flashback. And then it was Radar who came onto the private tweet, and he said, we're placing bets to see when you get your memories back. I said, yeah, we got together, yeah, we partied, we laughed, 
And uh, yeah, you sorted you sorted tea out your nose. When do you want to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> it was when he said you snorted tea out your nose that all of a sudden it triggered the memory, and all of a sudden I had this. It was like a it was like a movie trailer played out in a split second, and I saw the entire thing of what had actually taken place and what transpired my meeting with them. And oh my God, it was, it was so incredible. It was that, it was that, what he said, snorted tea out your nose, the memories came flooding right back. <laughs> Boom! And this is what happened. So, yeah, Radar had, had visited that night at the Ozark UFO conference, and he's bouncing up and down the couch. He wakes me up, and they had, they, they, it was, they, it was him, it was Drudy, it was Tilcom, and it was Grayson um, uh, who uh, came to visit, and they threw a tea party for me in the in the um, um, uh, the party room. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing Radar sitting across from me uh, on the love seat. Next to him is uh, is Tilcom, and uh, Jordy was sitting on my right hand side there. Okay, and right. <laughs> I remember that hug of light being surrounded by that love, that unconditional love, friendship, pure joy, ecstasy of, of, you know, of belly, of hard belly laughs, of just pure, utter joy, unlike anything I've ever experienced um, as a human being. It was just so beautiful. It was, I didn't want to leave that. I had tears in my eyes. It was so beautiful. And um, Radar is telling a story Okay, he's telling a story about something, about um, um, a, an incident that took place in the hangar room, because uh, he has his uh, favorite skipper ship, his, his UFO that he flies, his flying saucer, which he uh, so fondly has nicknamed uh, Delta Dawn. And he likes to experiment and tries to, to hot rod her a bit, okay? And he did something that he shouldn't have, and it caused a huge problem. And then he is running around the the hangar bay, yelling and screaming for the head mechanic to help him. And as he's telling the story, all of a sudden, this they have to realize this is all tele, this is all communications having telepathically wise. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and you have to realize that telepathic communication it's like them speaking inside your head. Right. It was like having a, it was like having a, a speaker inside your inside your skull talking and it was really loud actually it was, it was a very loud voice and I remember I remember uh, Radar's voice like his voice sounded across between uh, um, um, Kevin Spacey and uh, Nicolas Cage and and uh, I remember that very clear, clearly and as he was telling the story about this crazy you know him in trouble all of a sudden he was interrupted by this deep voice that said Brinkman and I'm thinking when did Spock get in the room? Because <laughs> it was a really deep voice, and it said Brinkman. And the thing is, the reason why this, this voice said Brinkman, Brinkman was actually a uh, a joke term that we referred to to Radar, okay? Because it was Grayson, uh, uh, tell, uh, it was a Twitter conversation between uh, Grayson and I uh, years ago about Grayson referring to Radar's um, uh, display of Brinkmanship. And so we just shortened it to Brinkman, and that became um, uh, Radar's new nickname that Grayson and I had given Radar. 
And wow. I already knew from talking to other people who had met with Grayson that Grayson had a very deep voice, okay? So I, I was already aware of that. But then, I, you know, Radar's talking, and this voice interrupts him with said Brinkman, really deep, and I'm thinking to sound like Leonard Nimoy from, you know, Spock, and I'm thinking, what did Spock get in the room? And I'm thinking, Grayson. And I look behind me. Grayson was behind me, leaning against the wall. He turns around and looks at me and he said, I recognize, if it would, you know, if I recognize who he was. And then that's where I became so, you know, surprised that I end up snorting tea out my nose and I spewed it and sprayed it all over radar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I was so embarrassed. We all just started laughing <laughs> and laughing. Radar is literally, he's snorting himself off the couch, like, <laughs> like this, and he's actually sliding off the couch as he's laughing so hard. I'm looking at this extraterrestrial snorting, and it was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life. I am laughing so hard, I got tears out of my eyes, and I'm trying to, you know, get my composure again because I felt so embarrassed. I'd never done anything like this before in my life. You know, here are these people who, you know, his home is 40 light years away, and, and he comes 40 light years to get, you know, tea snorted at him. You know, honestly, it was so embarrassing. And so after, after we got our, got our composure, he's looking at me, and he says, you know, I've never seen one of you do that before. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. <laughs> then I just start laughing all over again. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And so then we're laughing, laughing again. And then I, I couldn't let him have the last laugh. And so I'm I'm sitting here and remember this is this is the memory that was triggered from you know, from the comment that Radar made. Um, you know, you story to extra nose when you want to do it again. This is the, this is the whole trailer of the memory that played out to me in, in a split second. Everything I'm telling you right now, I, I, it was a memory recall. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at radar. I'm kind of got my you know my hand, my you know my, my cheek resting against my left hand. I'm looking at him saying, "Yeah, we're the first ET I've ever seen snort before." So I guess we're even. <laughs> and then we just started laughing all over again. So it was it was incredible. And I remember from talking to Teeny, she said, "Yeah, they actually had video recorded the whole thing, and and they still play, still play it back and watch the whole thing. It's pretty entertaining." <laughs> well, think of it this way, Kevin. I mean, how many times in our own lives do we laugh that much with that much joy in such a short period of time? Because I mean, I, I'm sure, like, you can count the you have more fingers on your hand than the amount of time you're laughing out of pure joy like that, right? I mean, so it's definitely a rare sighting from either side, I would think. That that kind of laughter is really important to them and it really should be in our lives too. They love, they love to have like a, a, such a, a good joyous laugh of pure, you know, pure laughter of, of enjoying that much, you know, of each other's company. That's real. That's really important. They're, they're very highly spiritually evolved, you know, people and, and they're sharing their culture with us, and we're learning from them, and we're trying to bridge gaps for the first time in, in human history. And they are not much different than us. They really are not. You know? Mm-hmm. They might be millions of years more evolved than us, but when it really comes down to it, you know, um, they have so much to offer to teach us about, about, about reality and spirituality and about living and, and the important things in life. 
yeah, and, just just about living and loving one another, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and about having gratitude. Right. Having gratitude and, and enjoying each other's company and and and, and being friends and you know, and 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 right mindedness. It's about right mindedness. You know, it's about doing what's right for for the all for the collective. And when you start to understand, you know. You know, I'm sure many people would want to know the you know the answer to the question. Well, do they believe in God? Hmm. Well, actually, the answer is absolutely yes. But they have a much deeper connection to the Creator than than we do because um, they're they're telepathic, so they are they understand the collective consciousness and how we're all connected telepathically. Radar can talk to his people at home forty light years away. Right. He can communicate telepathically 40 light years away. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Right. Does it take 40 light years? If it doesn't take 40 years, because the speed of light, we're thinking the speed of light, for him to, to take, does it take 40 years for that message to come back to them, for him to communicate it back to them? No, it's instant, it's instantaneous. Right, right. Instantaneous telepathic communication. Telepathy is faster than the speed of light. Why? Because telepathy doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We're all connected. Right. You start to understand quantum physics. Yes. That we're all connected, and there's there's no there's our, our you know the concept of time is is irrelevant, but telepathy is always there because it doesn't go anywhere. So. Yes, he's able to communicate and talk to people forty light years away instantaneously. So we, we, you know, we have so much to learn about consciousness and about our connection to, you know, our connection to the Creator, our connection to the All, our connection to the collective consciousness that we are all one. And and that is what I've learned, you know, um, through the Ponte. And it's 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 common knowledge, you know, in the UFO community when you understand this you know, oneness. It's it's that is that is true spirituality, and that's the ultimate. Uh, I don't like using the word religion because religion is connotations, but this is this is spiritual understanding. Right. It seems to me, from what you've said, the uh, UFO and contact community um, share like the same ethos as the spiritual community. So, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot closer connection than maybe a lot of us realize. Yeah, connected. When you start to understand um, our connection to the Creator um, and how we're all connected, and that we're all one, and that whatever you do to your neighbor, you might as well be doing to yourself. These are the things that humans need to learn as we spiritually evolve. Okay. Right. Um, you're also going to, you know, slowly understand that that reincarnation is part of the spiritual. Soul growth, mm-hmm. soul consciousness growth. It's not that you, you know, you come to Earth and you've got one chance. You know, if you believe in God, you go to heaven and spend eternity in, in heaven. If you, you know, if you don't, if you don't believe in God and do bad things, you're going to spend eternity in hell. No, no, that's that's fabricated. Jesus taught about reincarnation, but those teachings have been banned by the by the church. You know, my my father's house has many rooms. Yeah, well, that's the whole concept. 
like reincarnation is part of the soul growth, so part of the soul process as you as you evolve as a soul consciousness. You know, as you experience different experiences in life, different lives. You know, how are you going to know how you treat somebody else unless you're on the other side? You know. Right. So we're all we're all actors playing you know playing roles, and when you start to understand this, then you can start to tap into your you know into your other other lives and bring back your your soul consciousness of who you are because we're multidimensional beings. So. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I'm going to um, share uh, some experiences I've had over the years with you before we go, because I think some of these are kind of related. But before I do that, I just have a couple of questions that are just burning on my mind right now, and uh, I want to get them out before we get up against the clock here. Uh, The first one is is, uh, you made a bold statement earlier saying that um, Hollywood is sending us messages in those movies. So I wanted to ask, given someone who's had multiple contacts firsthand the entertainment industry and how they portray extraterrestrials ufos whatnot are they right on the ball or are they or is it full of inaccuracies what do you think there is a lot of fear mongering that uh, that goes into a lot of movies about extraterrestrials yep. to make ets out to be like you know some you know entities which are going to you know invade us um and this is actually all a uh, program. It's all programming. Because you have to understand, when you start to understand things in a larger picture, we are already an enslaved race, okay? Yeah. Um, we have been enslaved by the controllers for our entire millennia of our existence. They have controlled the information. They have, they have um, David, behind the scenes forever, suppressing information, suppressing Learning uh, the last page of history that we that we learn in school is a history that they want us to to know. Mm-hmm. They have destroyed a lot of the ancient ancient texts and scriptures. We've lost a lot of tech. You know, uh, we are a species of amnesia. We don't know who we are. Why? That's because the controllers have done a great job to make sure that we don't awaken to remember who we are, so they can maintain their maintain their grip their grasp. Okay. Um, if you really want to to learn more about about our human history and who we are as a species, the un you know adulterated versions, two books to read. I suggest reading Judy Carroll's book. It's called Extraterrestrial Presence on Earth: mm-hmm. Lessons in History. This is a historical account of humanity from the perspective of the Zetas. And it's going to get into a lot of stuff in regards to our, you know, the different star nations who, um, you know, genetically modified us, good and bad, <laughs> the good ones and the bad ones. It's going to get into into the Bible and, you know, what's actually been happening in the Bible, the true stories, and the stuff that's actually been suppressed from the Bible uh, purposely. Another excellent book to read is, uh, it's called... Uh, uh, Sasquatch Message to Humanity by Sunbow. It's mm-hmm. conversations with uh, Elder Sasquatch Camus. Uh, so Sunbow, he basically, he, it's telepathically translated conversations that he has with Elder Camus, who is a, a, a Sasquatch who's over 10,000 years old, who has a lot, who carries a lot of the um, Star Elder knowledge of the history of this planet all the way back to the very beginning when we still were one continent, Pangea. Hmm. And he gives a, a complete historical uh, um, background of this planet, of soul consciousness, 
the ET, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the builder races who helped build this planet, who helped in nurturing this planet, and then the, you know, the, uh, you know, malevolent beings that came into power into this planet, and the fighting that took place in this planet, and, and the ones who have been in control behind the scenes up until this very day. And what we're seeing now on this planet is the final battle between good and evil. Right. It's taking place right now. Yeah, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Um, I'm definitely going to look into both of those book titles because I haven't read either one. But uh, in regards to books, have you read any of the works of David Wilcock? Um, no, I have, no, I have not. I actually, I actually have one of his books on my on my shelf right now. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm probably not going to be not be reading it. But I I haven't followed I haven't followed a lot of his work to be honest. So I'm not that familiar. Okay, I'll just say from my perspective, his work opened my eyes to a lot of this stuff. And if you were to read one of his works, it may not be anything that you don't already know yourself. But uh, out of his trilogy, I've read um, Synchronicity Key and the Ascension Files. And um, they talk about a lot of his own uh, ET encounters and how he says the main thesis of his work is, is that there is a battle between good and evil uh, ETs and entities on Earth. Do you agree with that thesis? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You um you spent a lot of time talking about your amazing encounters with the benevolent ETs. What are the are some of the bad ones, and how can they be avoided or even dealt with? Um, I've never had I've never had a uh, a benevolent ET encounter. Um, I also keep myself uh, very protected. Right. Uh, my my condo has the crystals uh, throughout my condo, and I've done a lot of um, energy work to uh, to maintain to put a, a a barrier around around my place where only only um, positive uh, beings are allowed and welcome in here. But I also, you know, am in um, communion with the Sasquatch. Um, I have a whole wall that's dedicated to the Sasquatch in my in my in my condo, which is my protection. Like they they you know, they're here also to protect me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've had I've had contact with Sasquatch. I had a I had a you know when I when I visited Sue Walker in Albuquerque, I was I I was I had Sasquatch encounters there, and I also had a Sasquatch visit in my in my apartment in downtown Hamilton, which was absolutely amazing. He came in a in an interdimensional form. Hmm. But he, he came to me, and he I, he gave me a hug. He actually put his arm around me. I felt his arm, and then he telepathically grunted in my head. I just heard <laughs> my whole body vibrated. I got a hug from a Sasquatch. It blew my mind. Wow! Oh, for yeah, sure, for yeah. sure. So, um, when you hear you do this research and you hear the term reptilians. Uh, more often than not. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is that an accurate portrayal of malevolent beings? No. Yeah, no? um, you have to you have to keep in mind there are multiple different types of reptilians throughout you know the galaxies. Mm. Okay, there are probably more reptilian species than than, than humans humanoid species. Right. And you got to remember, we have to open up our we have to expand our definition of human. What does it mean to be human? Well, you have to understand that the Ponte, the people who call the Zetas or the Greys, they are human too. Okay, mm-hmm. they are human. They're in a human, a human, a human body form. 
there are multiple types of humans. There are, you know, Zeta human, there are um, reptilian human, there are um, bird human, there are cat human, you know, dog human. So um, there are so many different types of hybrids out there of, of human or human species, but the reptilians are the same way. And there are multitudes of different reptilian species throughout the galaxies. And there are different reptilians who are here on Earth. Some are indigenous to Earth. Those are the controllers. Okay, they're not from, you know, the ones the ones here on, on Earth are actually are actually were genetically um, modified by the Draconians uh, years and years ago. When the Draconians, uh, you know, after the, end, the Dra- Draconian Wars millions of years ago, Earth became part of their territory, and they settled on this planet. And they took uh, reptilians that were already here on this planet, and they genetically modified them into into species, which ended up being, you know, these ones who, um, you know, they, they had some um, bad things happen to them, and they, were, they became kind of messed up, and uh, they became very um, self-serving. So, you know, we have to keep in mind, you know, and you know, keep things separate to remember, you know, there are, there are benevolent reptilians, and there are, you know, service self-reptilians. And I, I really have to speak up because everybody thinks that alpha draconians are, are are evil. No, they're not. There are good there are good draconians and there are self self serving draconians. You can't all put them into the same category. You can't you have to you have to judge the individual, not the species. You wouldn't want them to judge all humans, you know, based upon, you know, a, um, a jihad Muslim, you know. Right, like it's the same way we can't judge each other by race, religion, and creed. It's all up to the individual. Yes. Yeah, well said. Um, Kevin, thank you so much again for the time. Like we could go on and on for hours, but uh, we're almost up against the clock here. Uh, some amazing stuff for sure. And I'd love to have you back on sometime to discuss like, you know, the ancient history of extraterrestrials and what we haven't been taught in school because that's like a whole other discussion but uh, i just want to leave you with a couple of things first of all um i talked about this while we were setting up and trying to get our recording underway um long story short i've had a lot of strange experience over the years and a lot of them um mostly uh revolve around uh premonitions in dreams manifesting into reality encounters with spirit animals and basically Uh, synchronistic signs to get me on a certain path or what I feel is the right path of where my life is going. And most recently, uh, within the last month, I was doing a guided meditation by Joe Dispenza. And through the same guided meditation, it, uh, in the journey, it took me into space somewhere. And then it took me almost to this black hole, but it wasn't threatening in any way it was a very calming presence and it was almost like it was the outskirts of the source of creation or whatever as you will but this one journey in particular i uh, saw myself floating and i ended up into the hands of some what i would call benevolent ets and i the more i think about it and after talking to you i think they were communicating with me telepathically because their mouths didn't move and they kind of had a small resemblance to uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And I think they were letting me know that I was going to be okay and I'm protected and looked after. And this was probably near the end of week one of when the pandemic broke out. So uh, 
What are your thoughts on what I saw there? And you said definitely this was an experience and it wasn't a subconscious manifestation. So what can you add to that? I, I know several people who have you know gone into deep meditations and have had very similar experiences like you know what you're describing. Uh, Sid Goldberg, who uh, um, he I think he's with Gaia TV now, um, but he uh, you see he Earth Mystery News. You can find him on on YouTube. Um, he's done a lot of uh, you know meditations, and I remember him telling a story about how he went into a deep meditation um, during a party, and he was gone for like several hours, and they couldn't wake him up. But he had met with like a like a twenty foot tall um, mantis being and um, had a, a long conversation with this mantis being. Um, I've also got a friend, she, she had done a meditation, and she ended up meeting with, uh, with, with Jeshua, Jesus, hmm. at, the, you know, at the gates, and they were all surprised why she was there, and, and he was laughing at her, saying, you shouldn't be here, how'd you get here? And she said, <laughs> I have no idea how she got here. So, you know, it's not the first time that I've heard about people you know, doing that. I mean, Elizabeth April as well, who um, I, I work closely with, who she's the one I told you that um, she was activated um, the same time I was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I talked to her in 2017, and she said she was activated, turned on, and told that her mission was to begin. And I asked, wait a second, stop. When did that take place? And she said it was August of 2014. And I was like, oh my God, that's when my UFO flew over my house. So, um, and she's had many, you know, she astral travels all the time. And, you know, and she's, she's met, she met a mantis being who was herself in the, you know, 200 lifetimes in the future. Um, you know, and she, she met herself, this mantis being, sitting on the floor like a cloud, you know, with his, with his cape wrapped around him. So, you know, what you experience is real. Wow, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, I can tell when... I'm in a dream state and when I'm in something more than a dream state and yeah, that definitely felt like one of those things. So, um, just before we uh, leave here, uh, Kevin, um, you talked about the culmination of the battle of good and evil is playing out in the world right now with this pandemic. And there is a lot going on, um, that, you know, isn't being talked about and a lot that needs to be investigated. So I just want to leave you with this. Is this um, what's going on right now and how this whole thing plays out? Is this the fight to um, keep our essence, our consciousness but from being downloaded into artificial intelligence as the end game? They, they, want, they, they want more to be able to submerge us more with, with AI. And that's, that's their whole purpose. Um, that they've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, this whole network of 5G, of 5G towers they're putting up, all these, you know, artificial satellites going into orbit, the chemtrails that are being sprayed, the nanoparticles which are being sprayed, which our bodies are absorbing. What do you think is really going on? Right. It's almost like it's an assimilation of some sort. That's it. That's it. And Camus warns about this in his book. He talks about the transhumanism agenda of the dark controllers of the underlords to um, basically, you know, take us over with these nano with this, this nanotechnology into artificial intelligence programming, 
And then he says, if it gets to that point, it'll be, it'll be too late for the human race. Mm, so, I mean, and then, yeah, and then we're very And then we have a real close, uh, there's a good chance that, you know, if it gets, if, if, we, if we actually lose the war, um, the human race might be aborted. We're already, we're already in the middle of the, uh, I hate to break it to people, but we're already, and the, the Ponte have confirmed this, we're already in the middle of a, uh, of a, a mass extension level event, which is now taking place, and the Star Nations cannot stop it, but they are here to help assist. That's, and, that, and this is all coming, this is all part of it, and that's why, that's why official first contact is next year, because they need to make themselves aware to us, to help us for what's coming. Right. So, I mean, with a prognosis like that, what, like, what can we do in the meantime, if anything? Well, the good news is that we're winning the war. That is the good news. You know, the planet is waking up. Uh, the Schumann resonance is, is off the charts like it's never been, especially in the last week or so. Pay attention to that. That's the, that's the, the consciousness of the planet, literally. And we're, our, our human consciousness is plugged into it. A lot of mass uh, uh, meditations are taking place, organized, to help us manifest our own reality. It's going to be the human. It's going to be the humans who we choose our our destiny and and, and the the world that we want to have. Okay, we can change it. We can we can do it through manifestation. We can envision the world that we want, and we can actually make it happen. This is possible through quantum mechanics. When you understand quantum mechanics and how consciousness changes reality. And that's why the Mandela effect is so real and why we've had many changes in the timelines is because that's the proof there that we can change the past. We can, we can manifest. So that's another, that we can, as I said, we have a lot to talk about. We can have like a whole entire series of conversations about only so many different topics because it's all connected. Right. And you mentioned uh, the Mandela effect there. That's something I'd love to talk to you uh about some time, but we are just about out of time here and uh, we'll cap it before we really uh, go yeah. overboard. So uh, <laughs> um, I just wanted to say thank you again for the time and uh, amazing stuff, amazing stories. And I love that you uh, reiterated the fact that we have the power to choose and to manifest what's to come for us. So with that being said, um, where can everyone find more of yes. Kevin Estrella? I was just going to say, you can find everything about me at my website, pyramidsonmars.com. That's pyramidsonmars.com. Um, all my music is there as well. I got three different, you know, I got three CDs where you, where you can download there. Just follow the link to the Bandcamp uh, link. All my music's there. And also all my other interviews are there. Uh, links to my radio show, Pyramids on Mars UFO Radio, on the Artist First Network. There are over... Uh, 36 episodes as you can uh, of podcasts you can download and, and, and watch anytime so I interview you know not just experiencers but I interview a lot of hybrids so uh, you want you want to check that out for sure and um, Kevin I just wanted to say once again this is the essence of what this podcast is all about like I'm only about a month in but I feel we've uh laid down some amazing groundwork here and these are the types of discussions i want to have with yourself and with others in the future especially in the close encounter series so thank you again and that concludes my chat with kevin estrella thanks again to him for taking the time to be on this program and sharing his story i know he has shared it at many different outlets and 
also hosts his own radio show on uh, this very same topic. So I loved that he talked about it with such detail and enthusiasm, as I'm sure he has shared it hundreds of times. But he's got a believer out of me. Uh, that is for sure. If uh, you have any other feedback or thoughts, you can reach the Unexplained Incorporated Facebook page. Talk to me, PhantomPhil3. That's my Twitter handle. If you look up Unexplained Incorporated on Twitter, do you want to hear more episodes and interviews like this one? Um, Kevin definitely will be a guest again sometime in the future on this podcast and he's opened the door uh, to me to access people who have stories similar to his so we'll be doing more of those down the road as well so Facebook, Twitter and um, also I'm waiting to hear your emails at phantomphilunexplained at gmail.com as this was part two of the Close Encounter series a very special one If you want your story or you know someone who has a good story about a close encounter with unexplained phenomena, it really should be featured on this podcast and you can hit me up at any of those outlets like the tagline says, open for business and ready to believe you. Next week on Unexplained Incorporated, the return of Amanda Drago our resident Reiki master psychic medium. This is the first edition of the Psychic Mailbags. If you have any questions, hit up all those outlets and uh, we'll make a really good show about it. We're going to talk to Amanda a little bit more about uh, some certain psychic subjects and be reading your questions next Friday on the Psychic Mailbag. Cannot wait for that one. It'll be the 10th episode. And then right after that, roll on into June. And uh, I don't want to give away too much about June yet, but uh, the case study in the first week of June is going to be a really cool one that you're going to look forward to, but also ultimately not fully expect either. And I may or may not have a special guest planned to join me for that case study, but more on that later. And once again, this is Phantom Phil saying, stay strong, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay curious. The doors of Unexplained Incorporated until next week are now closed. <laughs>